0: And now, our feature presentation, Imitating Art with Don and Chuck. And we're off. And we're off. Uh, Okay. That makes uh, it sound like we're we're done. Yep. No, Uh, and we're on.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, Anyway. welcome. Welcome to Imitating (laughs) Art. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to what? Uh,
1: Imitating art.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's what this show is. Uh, I'm Don. <laughs> I'm Chuck. And today we're going to be talking about a little movie called City of God. Um, it's a movie from Brazil that you may have heard of. It was an uh, I think it was an Oscar contender a long while ago. It was like I 2004, think so. whatever, two thousand two, whatever year it came out. I um, think. But we'll, I think it came out in Brazil the year
1: before it came out internationally. I think it came out internationally while I was in college, so it was like... That makes sense. ...03 to 07, somewhere in there. I think it was like 03, 04, something like that.
0: Yeah, and uh, highly recommend uh, watching this movie before you listen, and just in general. Uh, even if you stop here and just watch the movie and don't listen to the podcast, you'll get a good experience out of it. <laughs> but uh, if you if you would like to, stay with us. We're going to uh, talk about that movie and about... 10 minutes when we get around to our special guest, Maya, for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, so stick around for that. 10 minutes
1: podcast time. It'll probably be 15 to 20 minutes real time. We'll see how that goes. Yeah,
0: which actually works, uh, kind of feeds into what we can talk about later. That's 10 minutes podcast time is maybe 15 minutes in reality. But in Brazil, when someone says, uh, I'll be there in a minute, they really mean I'll be there in about 10 to 20 minutes. Um you know, I know that 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 can also be universal, but yeah, apparently yes. it is a something that the Brazilians are proud of. Huh. <laughs> okay, um, so what have you been up to this week? Have you been watching anything and done anything interesting? Uh, I've done nothing interesting. This will is, make for a good conversation then? Which is
1: not very new for <laughs> me. Um, I haven't watched. I have too much. I did. Watch a handful of episodes of Season 3 Office. Right. Yes, you did
0: message me about Andy and his <laughs> shenanigans in the beginning of that uh, season.
1: Yeah. I. Um, the most recent episode I watched was the one where he comes back from anger management. Wow.
0: Um, yeah. Yes, I love that he says, I'm going to management training. Anger <laughs> management. <laughs> uh,
1: Ed Helms just fits perfectly into that show.
0: Yeah, I think... It, Ed Helms is to Andy Bernard as uh, Robin Williams is to Sean of Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> <laughs> he he just is that character.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I had never watched uh The Office before, not really not this far into it at least and uh yeah, that's just how I picture Ed Helms. That's how I have yeah. always
0: pictured him. I mean, he plays kind of a silly character in The Hangover as well. So,
1: yeah, l- less of a douche must of a
0: doofus. <laughs> okay,
1: so it's. I guess it's not exactly how I picture Ed Helms, but I could picture if Ed Helms wanted to annoy, annoy you, this is exactly what he would do.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, like many characters. Like I think Charles Boyle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> he I fits so well. I'm glad I finally think of him as. That I started at a certain point of thinking of him as Charles Boyle because. I, for a long time, would always picture uh, Joe L'Atrulio as either the weird guy from Super Bad or uh, mm-hmm. the guy whose voice got high in I Love You Man.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think of him, I still can see him in that character, but I, he, I identify him as, as his character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine now.
1: Yeah, his voice guy.
0: <laughs> That's still a great scene. Yes. <laughs> um, great cast in that movie.
1: Agreed. Uh, uh, um, Andy Sandberg as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays Paul Rudd's brother. In
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's right. And uh, I can never think of the guy's name. Who plays his dad?
1: Uh, J.K. Simmons.
0: J. J. Jonah James, Jameson is what I was going to say. So I should always just remember his first, the first letter yeah. is the one that I need to remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, started with,
1: uh, I started with J. Jonah Jameson and was able to follow it to
0: K. Simmons yeah <laughs> see the thing is like the heat now he's an example of an actor who i can look at him and I, I don't pin him down as anyone he's just such a great character actor i like i knew him first as far as i can remember i knew him first from oz and he plays such mm-hmm. a like dark amazing character on oz and then you know he's been in so many so many movies since then like spider-man yeah. is just the one that i think of first just because he's such a great fit for jay jonah Jameson. he is um but he was in Juno. Um, he. I can't think of stuff. Stuff. He, he was in Whiplash. in Whiplash. Yes, that's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, he was. He's amazing in Whiplash.
1: I've never actually seen Whiplash, but I've watched uh, the lessons from the screenplay video on it enough times that I appreciate his performance in the few scenes that I've
0: seen. I know we say it all the time, but we should do that movie. <laughs> it's such a good one. We, sh- we should. I would love to. Yeah, we can have some. We can have someone it. on the podcast that hates it. So we can have actually that actually might be an interesting perspective if we had Nathan on the podcast to talk about that movie as a drummer and yeah, as was, like a musician. I was going I mean, I'd love to have Nathan on the podcast anyway.
1: Me too. Uh, he's. We got to get him in on something.
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, I've pretty much been just kind of getting getting acquainted still with the, with Sao Paulo here this week. And uh, we went out a couple times. Went to a, a couple of local bars and breweries that were that are around, and found that there is some good craft beer around here. Um, mostly, a lot of nights we've just been ordering in and you know spending time in the apartment. It's a nice it's a nice little area, and we have a nice balcony with a good view of the city. Um, haven't really been doing much of watching things except for. Uh, like good Mythic- good mythical morning or like uh, funny videos before bed or something like that. Um, yeah, I've yeah been, I haven't been watching much except for the movies that we have planned to watch.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to uh, get Alex to watch more of the mythical chef Josh videos, but they make her hungry because the food looks so amazing. Mm-hmm. so yeah, that's a tough sell. It's kind of like me with uh, scented candles that smell like food.
0: Mm. I don't yes. want to
1: smell the food and then not be able to eat the food.
0: Yeah, if I come into your house and it smells like cookies, but you don't have cookies, then, you know, I got to go.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like that scene in Arrested Development
1: with Ed Helms. Because he, oh. he plays the, the realtor guy that, oh, Lindsay yeah. thinks that Lindsay thinks is hitting on her, but she he's really just uh, That's right. inviting her to an open house. And there's the <laughs> air, air freshener that smells like cookies to make it smell oh. nice in the house.
0: I thought there was a scene I didn't remember where they went for a box of cookies and they were like, oh, it's just a home fill. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah,
1: I forgot I forgot that was Ed
0: Helms as well. Yeah, that's, ah. I would not have remembered that. All right, well, um, I feel like this is a fair point to take a little break and uh, come back with our guest, Maya, and talk about City of God.
1: I agree. And we're actually at about the 10-minute mark, too. It's
0: crazy. There you go. Look that's at that.
1: a, That's a first for us.
0: I was going to say, we, we don't usually <laughs> hit the mark in many ways. So, uh, True. All right, well, just hang around, and we'll be right back with some more imitating art. Yeah, we'll be right back. we are out.
1: I was waiting for one of us to make a noise. He'll probably sound smarter than we do, so that's okay. That's
2: that.
1: yeah, (laughs) that's the advantage of coming on a podcast with Don and I. Hmm. (laughs) Don and me.
2: Well now now, now I'm quite expert in here. Uh, just today I'm quite expert in here because I literally watched the movie in the original language. And I understood everything, so...
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I watched it in the original language, but I read it in English.
0: Are we back, Which by the way? Which, for one? me, yeah, I, are we? I, I, I need the subtitles. No, huh? What? I said, are we back? Are we in?
1: Uh, we, we haven't officially come
0: back. I know, but I feel like all, we should be. With all, But with we this. have now. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. We're back with... Uh, with Maya. Yes.
1: Are, are you going to give her the, uh, the Oprah intro?
0: <laughs> no, I think that's copyrighted by uh, by uh, Donald Faison. Adeus <laughs> <I dare> soon. <laughs> <dare> soon. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, Maya Leonis has joined us. This is, uh, full disclosure, this is my girlfriend, the one that I'm living with in Brazil. <laughs> she is uh, Brazilian. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let her tell you a little bit about herself.
2: Well, uh, I am Maya, I am Brazilian. I speak Portuguese. I am not from Rio, where is uh, the movie, but pretty much uh, we have the same kind of uh, favela as was in the subtitles Ghettos in, in Sao Paulo. And thanks for inviting me for my first podcast. And welcome to a little bit of Brazil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, this, yeah, this is an interesting introduction to Brazil if you don't really know anything about. Brazil, um, but as far as Brazilian filmmaking goes, this is like this is a very beautiful introduction.
1: Mm-hmm. I I do have to be honest. Um, so I watched the movie like two months ago when we were going to do this originally, <laughs> and I still have all my notes. I did not rewatch it this week. That's
0: okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it won't be as fresh. <laughs> it won't be as fresh, but, that's, but a, uh, that's okay. Yeah, that's why we have the oh, expert yeah. here.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: to make up for the uh,
2: time I, oh. I have watched Ditter. this movie in the movies I have watched these movies in the university in the school and many times even with friends foreign friends Brazilian friends and so on I can, I can call it as a in the future it will be like a, not in the future now but it will be like a, a classic in Brazil
0: mm mm-hmm. I feel like it definitely should be. And what I what I said when we finished this movie was, if this was, well, I, I mean, I said this without knowing too much about its cultural impact out in the in the world. But like, I, I feel like this would have been a very big, very very popular movie in the U.S. Were it an American made film. Now, mm-hmm. as far as an uh, you know, it, it, as a as a as a Brazilian made film, I I don't know how well it was received. I know. Just because it's in the in Oscar nomination doesn't make it necessarily a movie everybody has seen. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
2: well, but, uh, this, this movie also get like some awards, not just uh, nominated to the awards to the Academy, but also the prize in Cannes and uh, some other festivals around the world. Mm-hmm. The impact here in Brazil, we have both extremes of this impact. First, like wow. We can produce something in the same level as foreigners and as movies. We we always uh, have uh, this thing that everything that comes from uh, U.S. or Europe are better than the things that we can do. So that that's very interesting that we prove that we can also do something with the same quality. But at the same time, it's quite bad uh, because... We don't want, we don't like stereotypes. I think that Latins and Brazilians, then I can make this separation. Um, We do not like just to pass this message about Brazil. I mean, I can speak for myself, be living here for uh, um, almost 30 years. And you that are here right now, that people think that that's the face of Brazil, you know, Mm -hmm. which is not <laughs> mm-hmm. as a
0: That's as a, a counterpoint apart point,
2: from Rio. Hm? what do you
0: think uh, what do you think a movie that represents what people think about america like do you think there is one of those or do you think there's just so many movies that it's a wide breadth of ideas and opinions
2: well uh, uh here in brazil uh the first movies and television actually the movies came here in the 30s late 30s uh, and 40s and really really, got a thing in Brazil, the movies, um, after the Second World War. So, the, the only movies that we had, it was American. And in the 60s, there was this introduction in Brazil about the American, American way of life. That is, America is the paradise, the land of opportunities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, can you imagine that there is like 60 years that we have been consuming this? Even me, for example, before I go to the U.S. the first time in my life, I thought that the high schools were exactly like the movies. And I was like, my <laughs> God, they have closets there. That's so big cupboard. And um, I mean, we do, we do have the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, for, for us, uh, all these schools are, are... I remember the first movie that I saw, um, I watched this movie that... It's something about like Michelle Pfeiffer, she is a, a teacher in a ghetto school. Uh, dangerous and I was minds. like, my huh? dangerous minds, yes. When I watched that movie, I was like, this cannot be in the US. I mean, they have black people there and they have <laughs> ghetto. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, everybody mm-hmm. just like it's so fitness, even eating in McDonald's, Everybody is from New York. And everybody has a house in New York without walls, with that be- beautiful grass yard, and that was my vision, uh, my vision about America before mm. I go to US. As right. Don says, I've never been in America, America actually, because I've been just in Florida, and Alaska, so um, I, I, I've been the two ex- in Hawaii, and Hawaii. So I've been just in, like extremes,
0: very mm. extremes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Neither but of those I mean now, of course I <laughs> So she's been to Miami. Yeah. I mean not I, yeah. not, not Florida. <laughs>
2: yeah, I uh, before I... Lauderdale and West Palm oh. Beach, actually, I okay. was beside Trump's house. So
1: <laughs> uh, it's funny that you specifically bring up American high schools because movies that take place in high school in America are typically either as you said with dangerous minds like the the inner city high schools or like really rich swanky high schools that are somehow populated with regular kids for the movie <laughs> like yeah. every time i watch like 10 things i hate about you i'm like i want to go to that yeah. high school even now in my 30s no. i'm like that's the high school i want
2: <laughs> even being girls you know i am just like my god that's so nice i mm-hmm. will be yeah. friend of Regina George. But <laughs>
0: I no. think that's what I, I think that's, that's what I liked about uh one thing one of the other things I liked about the hate you give is the way they depicted the high schools being the, like the private school versus like the actual like lower class school that, that the the girl went to. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But as nice, you could nice see the city. Sorry. Go on. No, but as you uh did not have a chance to see a real school in City of God, I must tell that most of those people, they didn't even attend a school because they don't have schools in their community. And if they have the access to those schools, it will be more close to dangerous minds, but without a white blonde savior. Because <laughs> <Right>? no. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So only only the, only the ones
0: that. they get in the movies.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Well, I mean, it so. was based on a true story, supposedly. I don't know how mm-hmm. true it was.
0: Dangerous, mm-hmm. dangerous Minds.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, Don.
0: There was also a oh. short-lived uh, TV series of Dangerous Minds <laughs> in the 90s. No. And I never actually saw the movie either. Me neither. <laughs> uh, I did see... I, I have seen the other versions of it. Uh, whatever. It wasn't... I. Uh, uh, freedom. The Freedom writers. Freedom writers, yeah. Freedom, which is freedom another true story. Yeah, which, but I mean, they all follow that same template of the, you know, the, the the kind of dorky, dweeby white teacher comes in not knowing what's going on, and then he wants to be the one who turns around all these thugs in, in the class that are really, you know, just throwing paper at each other and knocking over desks when he gets there, yeah. and then he becomes like their god by the end of the movie. Yeah, there was.
1: <laughs> I've never seen High School High with John Lovitz, but. <laughs> But that I've was like that. The, the parody one, where John Lovitz was the, the white teacher going into the
0: inner-city school? I, I, I think when I saw it, I did not realize it was a parody of that, that genre, uh. or that trope. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, well, uh, I must say that, for example, uh, when I was young, very young, I was like 12, 13, I started to watch Oz. And I must say, guys, oh. there is a gangsta's paradise compared to the prisons in Brazil.
0: Yeah, I mean that's, that's, that. That's, well, the whole the whole point of that, like that that show though, is that like that section of the prison is like the if we treat them better, they will be better as prisoners, and we can actually rehabilitate them. The, like they and they show the difference when they send those people from that section of the prison back out to the general population, where it's like you know bad, you know normal shitty conditions, small cells, and all that kind of stuff. So, no, yeah. um, definitely that's a paradise compared to a lot of the stuff that you might see in a normal prison.
2: Yeah, but uh, Brazil is the third in the world with prisoners, we are just mm-hmm. behind China and US.
0: I was going to say, we're number one. I know that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then China and then Brazil.
0: Yeah. Happy Patriots. And and I'm, 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 fi- I'm yeah. finding more and more how much, how alike uh, Brazil and the US are, <laughs> <And> not, <laughs> not in not any, good, not any good ways that I've found so far. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: And and coming back to the... to There is a very... Uh, when we talk about... When we're talking like now, not just about the stereotype when you guys from US are seeing City of God to think that this is Brazil, or even if you watch the Simpsons episode that is in Brazil, or even most of the things that Brazilian has been selling um, outside, you no know, uh, to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the City of God came in a, in a time that Brazil was starting to raise as an economy. It was... Uh, Pretty much when we became the seventh uh, biggest economy in the world and people start to Look to us like as I, I mentioned in the beginning to do a, a nice movie hmm. but I think that th- That movie it's it's very interesting for us to understand because also we need to put into context the story of City of God starts uh, when four years before we get into a dictatorship that lasts for 21 years so Mm -hmm. when the movie finishes we are still in a process of a lot of repression that us never really passed by actually uh, financially (laughs) sponsored this uh for us to not become a communist country and The city of God, uh, for the foreigners, as I, I like to show to everybody, even though I like I don't like to show like the stereotypes. It's nice to see that. Look, Brazil—it's a country with black people. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Brazil—it's a poor country. All of this—it's because of the inequality uh, that, she, right. that, that you guys are seeing there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I, th- I think it, 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 it's really it's a really interesting picture that it paints Like from the very beginning of the movie where it paints the picture of the... First of all, it starts off with a scene that ends up being later in the movie, and then we cut back to before that. So we start off with a scene that we're going to end up seeing at the very end of the movie, but we don't know who any of these people are, or we don't have any context. You just see the kid chasing the chicken, and then the police, and then the gang on the other side with guns. So you don't know anything about what's going on, but then suddenly... but Right from the very first shot, it's just beautiful cinematography with those like circling shots, and just the way everything is cut is very frenetic and very fast. And just I and the way they show the the favela is just really, really, really interesting. And it really does like show you from the close-ups to the deterioration to the wide shots of how sprawling this whole little this small city is.
1: Hmm. Uh, you were saying you wondered how successful it would have been if. They were made by an American or, or at least mm-hmm. or by a, yeah. a, a white guy. Yeah. Like Hollywood of, of some way. Uh, it's funny to me that you say that because I feel like what, like four years later, <clears throat> Danny Boyle made Slumdog Millionaire, Slumdog
0: Millionaire,
1: which I mean, I really love that movie, but watching city of God, you see how just like visually and tonally, not story wise, mm. but the, the visuals and the tone of Slumdog Millionaire <laughs> is almost it feels like it's taken straight from City of God. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'm
0: glad you said that.
1: Uh, just like mm-hmm. in the way I mean, it's a lot more hopeful and sort of fantastical um, sure. and romantic.
0: But uh, Yeah, I mean it's a different story. It's a very different but, story. But the but, way it's shot, yeah you're right. Yeah. It's almost and just like th- the way that clearly it's clearly influenced.
1: Specifically trying to depict Sort of, Poverty. Yeah, sort of the worst of how the people in a specific area that is foreign to America uh, are growing up and sort of the violence that surrounds them and how it affects their upbringing. Uh, yeah, I just, I thought, um, I wish I had seen City of God first because I ended up loving Slumdog Millionaire so much that it affected how much I could enjoy City of God in a way that I... I don't like that it did that because I I would have liked right. to have seen City of God <laughs> without uh, seeing yeah. you know being influenced in that way.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just in general, I wish I had seen this movie much sooner, just because of how good the film is in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, I feel the same. Like I didn't make that direct connection to Slumdog Millionaire, but now that you mentioned, like as soon as you said Danny Boyle, I was like, oh wow, this is the same. Like you could you could swap out some of those shots of the favela for. For the poor neighborhoods in india where they were shooting yeah
1: and just like the like the coloring of of like just the whole color palette and the way that it's like the weirdly saturated colors and like the cinematography is very similar Mm -hmm.
2: and culturally speaking that's funny that you guys mentioned islam dog millionaire because when uh that movie came to brazil we also have a, a few years ago we also had a soap opera when India become a hit because of the, the the thing. So I must say that if the movie was in Portuguese, I would say, okay, that happened in Brazil. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really relate to Islam Dog Millionaire as a Brazilian, not being an Indian, I think, maybe. Mm. Uh, except, not even except, because the song J-Ho is not even Indian, uh, Indie or Hindu, but uh, Islam Dog Millionaire is Pretty much the same, uh, the mentality, let's say, you know,
0: uh, to try Mm -hmm.
2: to grow up, uh, expose yourself to try to get a better life, uh, corruption, and, I mean, we pretty much grew up with this here in Brazil, and I I really Mm. can relate totally with that movie. Yeah, and
0: I'd kind of love to watch it again now. I mean, just, I know I love that movie as it is, and I love Danny Boyle, Mm -hmm. and uh, i I would just like to watch it again now and actually kind of make the comparisons one for one. Yeah. Um, But that's back to city of God. um, So they, I mean, obviously we're talking about a lot of class problems and they talk about the homeless being pushed out of the city and other lower class people being pushed out into the favelas. um, And they're kind of like forced to live in these areas. Um, And then we focus on these like groups of, people they call hoods who are like the gangsters of like this, the young uh, up and coming like gangsters who kind of are trying to run the streets there.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hood sounded like another Americanism that they translated yeah. for, for us to, to get it. Um, yeah. Maybe I have a feeling most of the people listening haven't seen city of God. So we might mm-hmm. just brief because it's not, one person story so i think we could briefly say that it's just right. about uh sort of the the impoverished ghettos of um rio rio in in brazil and where you know the law enforcement is corrupt and there's basically this feeling of of lawlessness and just the way that violence over Basically, a generation gets uh, more and more power in this area, and it tells that story through a a couple of people's perspectives.
0: Yeah, really well. It tells it really well by by showing each character and their evolution, Mm -hmm. and we can get more into how it goes, but you'll see how one character kind of comes up to take over for another and like how there's just this generational repeating of the same story happening over and over again of the, the violence and corruption.
2: Uh, one thing about the Brazilian culture that I think most people say that for us to tell a story We always need to tell all the stories To get to the point point. <laughs> uh, and I think the City of God uh, Did it in a very nice way in a Brazilian way to tell the story Because if you see in the beginning of the movie he says like yeah But for me to tell the story about this person I need to tell you all the story about this person the trutepnura." That was the three guys there in the beginning and then go and go and go and go and go. Uh,
0: mm. And that's
2: something that for me, even in the ships or even in, in Italy or the place that I've lived, they always ask me like, uh, why Brazilians need to explain everything? And this is, it's very cultural, really, to do that. That we first say things to just like uh, take out of our hands, you know? And we just give uh, some explanation from everything before to just like pass some truth, some uh, veracity, and uh, the way that they tell the story. It's pretty much the way that Brazilians tell stories to the people. So that's why I thought that was awesome, I'd like the storytelling, how it was made.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's almost it plays out like the storyline itself plays out almost more like a a novel where it doesn't mind or, or even the way like Tarantino writes movies where he doesn't mind splitting things into chapters and saying, this is just this section of the story. There are other things going on around it, but right now we're focusing on this and we'll get to the other stuff later. And like there used to be like in old noir films, it used to be much more common to be like, here's this character you're going to hear more about them later. And then, you know, you'll find out why this makes sense. Um, right. But it's not, you know, uh, it's not very mainstream American filmmaking anymore to, to tell stories that way. So it's yeah. very, it can be very fun to, to watch a movie that's told that way these days.
0: Definitely. I like when they, when you meet knockout Ned and they're like, well, it's not time to tell his story just yet. We'll come back to him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he ends up
0: being like, one of
1: the best characters yeah, in the movie. Huge. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, which
1: really, like, his, uh, his storyline is the one that really drives <laughs> yeah. all of the themes home at, at the end of the mm-hmm. movie.
2: I have we'll a question uh, for you guys. What is, what what means Knockout Ned?
0: Well, Knockout, just me. Like, Knockout, I would take as a nickname for somebody who's, like, a fighter, which mm-hmm. he is. He's a like, oh, karate, right? Or something like that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He says. He even says, "Like I know, I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm about peace, but I know how to fight if I need to." Yeah,
1: yeah. a knockout is when you. Um, I, I no, don't know no I know what it means either.
2: knockout, but do oh, you call oh. people knockout like as a nickname? You know, that's my question.
1: Yeah, I never I mean, have, but I've be... never known a <laughs> fighter.
0: Yeah, I mean, for I, I, I imagined it as a fighter. There, you could also call somebody a knockout if they're very attractive. That's what they called me in high school. <laughs> Oh. Sure, I'm kidding. Do you know,
2: because um. <laughs> other thing that's interesting to pay attention, uh, because the whole story starts with a chicken, right? And uh, the name of him in Portuguese is Mané Galinha. That's like a uh, chicken guy. Hmm. Hmm. Um, As is it like the a,
1: a cow- coward or,
2: no, 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 or no. a guy who
1: has chickens?
2: <laughs> no, it's just like uh uh galinha in Portuguese. Can mean a lot of things. For example, is I don't know if you can use this word in the podcast.
0: So, but what does what does it mean in this case? When you're talking about this in guy? In this
2: case, for him. In this case, for him, uh, mane galinha, it's pretty much uh, the guy that doesn't belong to there. As you can see, he was like an honest guy. He wasn't the guy on the 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 places and mm-hmm. i i wouldn't use the wo- the word coward in this sentence yes we can tell that's coward but in in his name that's manegalinha it's like someone that doesn't care someone that it's like out of all of this that is happening you know um mm, right. And that's why when I, I read, like, Knockout Ned, I was like, I'm, I need to ask the guys what means Knockout Ned.
0: Yeah. So the, the chicken, the chicken narrowly avoiding getting run over by the police car in the beginning is definitely yeah. a Yeah. Like metaphor. the
2: chicken. You see the chicken when... Yes, it's a metaphor. Because, because the chicken, when she had the first opportunity, what she did? She left the barbecue.
1: Yeah. And, and right. just the fact that it's opening up on them, you know, killing these these chickens for to eat for sustenance, you know, basically for their own survival. Like they're, and then you find out later that it's all like the toughest gangsters in the neighborhood (laughs) that are actually having this, this barbecue. So I, I kind of felt immediately that we were watching people who don't mind turning to violence to survive. And then that is Mm. what the movie ended up being about. So, uh, I, I don't want to say it was a heavy-handed metaphor, but it was a good enough metaphor that it, it, it connoted, it gave you the idea of, what, of what was going on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I
2: think it's a punch in everybody's face. Uh, a lot of things, like, for example, when a Rocket Buscape gets fired, and the manager tells him, ah, that's why we don't hire people from City of God. That happens a lot. I, myself, I gave my addresses to friends uh, to put in their um, CVs because they were living in poor neighborhoods. So people were like afraid that where they live. Mm -hmm. And then they were using my address because I live in the downtown. So Mm -hmm. they don't want to hire these people because of the place that they live. And uh, especially now, like uh, with the covid, the first person that died in Brazil from COVID, it was one uh, woman from the favela that was working uh, there. So most of these people, they live in the favela, but they work in the rich neighborhoods. That when you see the Christ, the Christ is facing down, blessing the rich part. The favelas are in the back. (laughs) Uh, That's why I think that this movie, it's a really punch in the face, even though we have this... Problems about the stereotypes. Um, I think that was a nice for a nice movie for Brazilians to see like how is the reality. That yes, uh, people get corrupted because they need. Let's say Manega Galinha, the knockout net. He was a good guy until the end, and then mm-hmm. until the end. Uh, but wasn't his choice and this uh, a Brazilian way of life that everything is meritocracy, because we were taught by Americans that if you work hard you can get there. Doesn't work, as I think that this move shows very well.
1: Yeah. Well, it doesn't always work in America either. But yeah, but, uh, yeah. He make make a good point about knockout Ned because I mean he's a good guy until you know something very. Unforgivable happens to him. Happens to him. Yeah, and and not just him, but to someone he loves. And
0: it almost seems inevitable that everyone has to kind of fall to this, like, because they're in this place that is inhospitable. Kind of place they find that as much as they, as hard as they try to stay out of the violence and try to stay into peace, they either end up getting shot at a nightclub. At their farewell party, or they end up getting stuck, getting you know, I mean that was a gut wrenching scene there, but or they end up becoming part of the life and becoming a hood, as they call it in the subtitles.
1: Yeah, Uh, I actually really like that farewell party scene because it's one of those whole sequences where you you know just from the tone of it that something bad is going to happen before the party's over, and because of that everything that happens in that sequence just it keeps growing in intensity until yeah Yeah. it's very tense and it just keeps building until you know the the violent ending of that sequence and it and it's also good because it happens in a way you don't expect it to happen Right. so yeah it's it's just a very like i think that was (laughs) the best sequence of of the whole movie for me anyway very well done
0: again um
2: yeah, I knew he, that Buscapel like, wasn't going to die, but I thought that Angelica was going to die, not Bene, you know, Bene, Benny mm-hmm. has died, yeah, yeah. but I thought it was the girlfriend, like oh, okay. first time that I saw it, I was like, my God, mm-hmm. that Jean is going to kill her and it's going to start yeah. the war, because I mean, there you is come a lot of this.
0: You come to like really care about these characters one by one as they as you show their stories and like especially someone like Benny that's just, like just like he's all about you know it's the seventies he's all about peace and love and he wants to get out of there and he mm-hmm. just wants to go be you know somewhere where he doesn't have to live this life and potentially get killed and he just has this big farewell party that includes everyone like he brought the entire place together all these competing you know all the like, the gangs and then the the people that are not any part of that people from all these different walks of life in that in the community he was the like the glue that was like the only thing that they had in common and they all came to say goodbye to him and at his own farewell party he gets you know shot by accident for someone trying to you know gets just caught in the middle just caught in the middle and shot mm-hmm. so it was a really hard scene to watch
1: yeah i mean there were there were several hard scenes to watch
0: <laughs> yeah. in this movie yeah, but he was so close to getting out, it was like <laughs>
1: Yeah, well I mean that's why that's part of the reason how you knew something bad was gonna happen, because good things don't happen yeah. to people in, in, in this movie. Uh, especially yeah. to the good people.
2: Um Yeah. Like, As we say remember. Brazil, every day is a different seven to one. That's something that happened in the World Cup. I don't know if you remember that. We lost to Germany. Seven to one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, um, so I'm not, I'm not sure if the same. rest of the world is aware but the US doesn't really follow soccer yeah. I mean football <laughs> yeah. It's
2: football because it's a foot and a ball it, it, Your football yeah. should call like we a could, hand with a square ball or something like that
0: <laughs> We could probably um, do a whole other podcast on that one but <laughs> Yeah
2: uh, But I mean uh, and you see that Benny also when he tried to change his life it was also when he get into the consumers. First, he started buying the nice clothes that he saw in the guy from mm-hmm. the good neighborhood, and then a the bike, and then things that he want that nobody in the favela with a job can afford. It. I mean, I'm not from the favela, and pretty much there is a lot of things that I cannot afford, and someone from uh, outside change his mind, show him that there is something outside of the favela. Because the Mm -hmm. people that uh, are born, raised, and uh, they grow there, probably with an alcoholic father, alcoholic mother, with a violent family and things like that, they don't even know the other side. Mm -hmm. They, They don't know what exists there, except for the telenovelas, the soap operas. And that's something that is like a fairy tale doesn't exist for them and for them to achieve it because government doesn't help nobody's going there to help the crime is the solution and i'm not justifying i am just telling that this is uh became so natural in, in, in brazil and the government and the police make a lot of money out of these people because mm-hmm. the favela that they live now if i'm not wrong now there is three hundred thousand people living there the biggest favela, Rocinha, it's 1 million. It's a whole city, you know, Mm -hmm. in a labyrinth with houses and stairs and... uh, So that's the option. Not everybody there gets this option, but the people from outside doesn't give them opportunities, as you can see in the movie. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: I think that even though this movie starts in the 60s, finishes in the 80s, we are in 2020 and it's still currently accurate
0: Mm-mm. I mean there's a lot of the points in this movie that point show that these people are a product of their environment like they don't have many options to make money or to do this to fit in or to fit in or just you know just to be part of these groups they little kids want to grow up to be part of these gangs because they're the cool kids more or less like they're the ones that, they're doing something like they're being they're actively doing something that maybe will help us feel like we're above some of this stuff. We don't have to live down here, you know. Um, even if they can't get out of this area, they can get out of their small mindset of the, of, you know, where, wherever wherever they're, they're living right now. They can be a king amongst their community. Mm-hmm.
2: And now you have university, schools, uh, NGOs that are there to help people. Uh, but the thing is, uh, things that I do not agree, and now happens often, it's like, ah, oh, someone from the favela get a doctorship, and so, let's romanticize the misery, and tell these people, if he did, she did, you can do as well, but you yeah. are talking I mean, about they, a they family with like 12 kids, so... Yeah, they do that
0: in the US as well, they tell, you know, I mean, I mean, everywhere, I think they say, you know, they, they, they shine a light on the one or two people who made it out. And they say, "Look, anyone can do this," but it's really just like, "No, this is the exception to the rule." Yeah, it's <laughs> completely. This is, yeah, not, it's this is yeah. not a. This is not a standardized. Like, you're not going to get out just because you really believe in yourself. It's going to. It's still one in a million.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's. It's a lot of luck, too. Like, it's not just hard work. You can work hard your yeah. whole life and and not.
0: Yeah. Get those, your
1: opportunity. Like even yeah, those are just the stories that
0: we don't get to hear. Yeah,
1: even even in City of God, the the only person who who makes it out eventually is Rocket, and he really sort of lucks into it. Like, he's a, a great photographer, but he doesn't get out until he happens to be right there when he gets his golden opportunity photograph. Mm-hmm. That, that By gets him yep. fame. Yeah. <laughs> By so, accident, yeah. Uh, um, he was lucky. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm saying. Um, it's probably not as bad in America, but the situation oh. is... The same for a lot of people, in in, yeah. in America, specifically the the minorities.
0: Yeah, and so some of the. Um... But
2: that's the thing: uh, uh, the minorities are actually not minorities, because in Brazil, fifty one percent of the population are black. So right, I just meant the minorities in America. No, yes, no, but here they still are treated as minorities even though they're not
0: yeah. well the they minorities' minorities of a different yeah. kind they're a, they're the lower class citizens and even if they outnumber the higher you know the people with with more money they are still considered minorities
1: look at all these minorities I'm the only
0: majority <laughs> exactly I, I made that uh, I made that reference as well when we watched it the other day <laughs> um, yeah
1: it, it was um. Just as a white American watching this movie, it was interesting to see like the diversity amongst the cast, like mm-hmm. the the guy who sells, who buys clothes for for Benny. I was like, I was not expecting to see, you know, what appears to be like a, a white redheaded dude mm-hmm. in this movie about you know poverty in in Brazil. Um, so it was a little eye opening in that aspect. And, I mean, I say that as a, that's my white privilege showing, of course, because why, why would I expect, as an American, seeing only depictions of South America as being exclusively uh, people of Latin descent, why right. would I expect it?
0: Well, I've learned a lot since I got here that the, this is, a, there's a big uh, Japanese and Italian uh, community that has come here over over the, the past century and uh, big communities of them uh, all, all around the this area so uh, I and uh, I mean that's just something I didn't know you know I mean obviously I have not studied Brazilian history or the history of these cities here so I did not know that it and it came as a you know I guess it came as a bit of a surprise but um, like Just not knowing the history, there's so many diverse areas in the world that I'm sure I don't know anything about. <laughs> I don't know anything about oh. the, the populations of South Africa or, you know, other places uh, all, all over the place that I'm sure have been uh, either occupations or uh, people fleeing from other countries and other conflicts that I probably don't even know have happened in the world.
2: Right. Uh, me, uh, my... my, my. My grandmother is Japanese. My grandfather is Italian. My uh, uh, my father is black. So it's a uh, uh, there was like a, a, a I read something very interesting by an anthropologist that says that Brazil is the only country in the world with this many diversity that never get into war between us. Mm-hmm. We have the natives that they still there. Well. Not all of them, of course, but we still have the natives living here quite in peace with the white people. Uh, Then we have the black, then we have the um, Japanese. We had invasion from Holland, from France, from Portugal, from Spain. Uh, And some reason we quite get together. For example, we have some peaceful moments in life. Carnival Doesn't matter what you like or that you don't like. The country stops for that. It's something that is a unity created to try to create a Brazilian identity. Of course, there is not, there's a lot of identities, but this about be a mixed uh, uh, country that we are. We are very diverse. We, we didn't have, uh, in the beginning, it was more because they want to try to get the population white, But at the same time, these white people that came in here, it wasn't allowed to leave their cultures, let's say the German or the the Italian. But here inside of Brazil, you have cities that their primary languages are still like Ukrainian or German or, you know, and everybody like living here together. So Rio and city of God, my God, it's a super small portion of everything uh, uh, that happens in Brazil. I mean, super. It's like what people know about Brazil. I am from São Paulo and I barely can relate with things there, even the way that they speak, the accent, the uh, slangs. It's completely, completely different. And I am six hours from Rio.
0: I just don't know how That's to get it. back to the movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I don't. I don't have anything to add as far as like I don't. I don't have the history or the knowledge or anything. Or I don't have anything to relate to it either. So. Yeah. No. I'm. I, I'm
1: just uh, really enjoying hearing about it all. So. Yeah. So when Maya stops talking, I'm it's like, I, I don't have anything to monocast. add to it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Come on, white people, tell me something.
0: Um, <laughs> white no, people don't Americans. know anything.
2: No present, (laughs) America's not present. (laughs) It's everything Nixon's fault, you know.
0: I don't know what that means either.
2: No, the war on drugs. He Uh, started.
0: Was that Nixon? I thought that was Nancy Reagan.
2: Ah, Ronald Reagan, yes, he started. But he was the one that literally financed this war on drugs in Latin America. So uh, when it comes to Brazil, for example, the drugs. Very much marijuana. <laughs> that was uh, they in the favelas. They need to put people in in jail for some reason. That's why, because drugs get criminalized in Brazil very late. Actually, until the '90s, there was still drugs that wasn't uh, uh, criminalized well, as, still, uh, at all. that's still
0: that's still that's still happening in the U.S. Very much though. So. Very much. They're 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 not shy about saying that. Uh, they're basically only using drugs uh, as a criminalize to, to criminalize people who you know they otherwise wouldn't have any reason to put in jail. Yeah. Uh, they pretty they pretty much blatantly said it at this point if when, when they keep on uh, scheduling uh, marijuana as a class one drug like heroin. Yeah. So, like, they're, full, they're completely yeah. full of shit. Like, they're not even trying to hide it. <laughs> That's so. yeah.
1: when, when One of the main reasons it became illegal in the first place, I mean, it didn't become illegal until, what, the 1930s? And it was what, because... Okay? Uh, no, marijuana in, in America. Oh, wow. No. Uh, and yeah. it, one of the main reasons it became illegal was because a lot of Mexicans smoked it. So, if you yeah. made it illegal, and you could arrest yeah. all the
0: Mexicans and the reason that it's yes. called marijuana and not cannabis is because marijuana sounds sounds more mexican yeah. and that makes it easier to say it's a mexican thing yep <laughs> yeah
2: my Fun portuguese stuff. is called maconha i don't know if there is anything related to that but the same happening here uh because as don mentioned in the beginning and as you guys saw in the movie how the favelas started it was they don't want them in the... because Rio uh, was the capital of Brazil until 1950. So they don't want poor people there. So they start to send people to like far away from the city. And then you have the city of God, and then you have uh, the hills. Uh, so the people start to literally put their houses there and uh, have some much to live. Like, for example, the first favela in Brazil that had water and electricity, it was in the 80s. Even uh, Brazil, uh, and, and, I mean, Rio was already like a uh, metropolis. So, and they were racist, period. So how we can put black people in jail? Well, they are drug dealers. So in Brazil, it's even different the law. If I have... Uh, Let's say 20 grams in front of school, I can be arrested as a drug dealer. If I have 20 grams in my house, then I can say that's for personal use. I go arrest them away. But if I am a black with five grams passing on the street, then I am terrible, and I go to jail for much longer. If I am white, son of a judge or a politician. They get me with thirty kilos in my car. They will believe that it is for personal use, and because I have a graduation, I got nothing.
1: Hmm. Well, thanks for
0: Thanks for listening to imitating racism. Um, <laughs> we're gonna just re- re- rebrand this podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And th- that's one of the things that is important about City of God, especially not just the world, but for Brazil. Because people have in mind that in Brazil there is no racism. Ah, they, you guys, there is so many diversity, you no, we are one of the most racist countries I think in the I had world. A, still.
0: I didn't have any preconceived notions about whether there was or wasn't, I just assumed there's racism everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because I've been enough places and seen it to, to, know, to know that uh, yeah. one way or another, things are things are skewed in one direction. Whether it's black and white or brown and yellow or whatever colors you want to use or whatever poverty level you want to use to exclude people, there's going to be exclusion happening. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, sadly the truth. Um, but as far as how they, uh, the, one, the one kid in the movie, I, I don't remember the names of the, of the ones we were talking about. I think it was, I think it was uh, Lil, Lil Z and, or what was in Lil Dice. I think it was little Dice, I and mean, he said he's, his brother, or his, his older brother said he's, uh, he's good because he has no brain, even if he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't want to do what he's doing, but he, he doesn't have a brain, and he's saying, you are smart, don't be a part of this life. So he's trying to tell him, like, you have an opportunity. You maybe be. you can potentially get out of here. Like, you don't need to do what I did because I have I don't have the brain to do what you do. You're you're too smart to, you know, join the gangs.
1: Yeah, and, and then I thought that was interesting. And then Lil dice, because he has a brain, is
0: the leader. <laughs> is the right. Um, and I said, I, in the beginning, they say to be a real hood, you need more than a gun. You need ideas.
1: Yeah, I wrote that one down too. And and little yeah. dice had had ideas. Um, oh yes, he had big ideas. Yeah. Um, even if you have the stuff to get out, what, what, whatever that that is, whether it's talent or or brains, or whatever, when 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 the system is against you, it, it almost yeah. doesn't matter. You need
0: you need, all comes you need luck. luck. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and
2: this is a jungle as well. They. Uh... If, uh, if like this, like he says in the beginning of the movie, that's actually the punchline for the movie, uh, if you run, the beast catches you, if you stay, the beast eats you. <laughs> and uh, it, it's a, a saying in Brazil that, uh, to see how we are used to that, because... There's no, there's no,
0: there's no escape.
2: Yeah, there's no escape. And mm-hmm. even for this guy let's say, uh, the Buscapé, the, the rocket, that he became a photographer, uh, even he becomes a renowned photographer, between him and a white photographer, pretty much people are going to... Just to have an idea, the actor that played rocket, now he's Overdriver. Uber driver. Hmm. Most The only actors from that movie that literally got a career on television or movies are Angelica, the girl, Benny's girlfriend.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: She's actually now uh, recording a movie in the US, the Suicide Squad. squad. Um, Tiago Ávila from The Runs, the taller one with the uh, blonde hair. And Seu Jorge, but Seu Jorge, the one that is uh, Knockout Ned, he was famous already on that time because he is a very famous uh, singer in Brazil. But that's it. Um, Mm -hmm. One or other actor maybe got some roles in the television, but most of them are poor and... uh, Actually, I, I would recommend you guys to watch, there is on Netflix a doc that's, uh, the name is City of God, 10 years later. That showed the life of the actors and show how the inequality and poverty, because when they did the movie, they want to take people from the favela to give them an opportunity. Hmm. And how things didn't happen to them at all, even the actors, in real life.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, so (laughs) one of the other things that I have here is about the ego of some of these characters like little little Z I guess being mm-hmm. like it almost seems like he hates to see other people happy <laughs> like he just like in especially in the in at Benny's party where like he sees that like the one girl won't dance with him she's with somebody else and then he like kind of follows her away with his eyes and then he says well I, uh, and then, then he sees that Benny is, you know, finally going to get out. So it's almost like this jealousy thing that he shouldn't, like nobody else should be able to go be happy outside of this area if he can't be happy. And then he ends up like, you know, calling him out for it. And yeah, I mean, it, it just feels like a lot of machismo and violence just to, you know, take what you want because you don't have the emotional aptitude or whatever to understand or connect with people in a different way or like that's your that's how you've learned or that's how you've uh, historically kind of taken care of things with violence or with outbursts like that so by seeing somebody else get what they want by just being themselves and like being able to be free and be like this happy person that wears these fancy clothes or just wants to go you know be a photographer or whatever it is like you want to cut down their dreams like yours have been cut cut down as well which is another like process of the system, you know, like a repetition that keeps happening.
2: <sighs> I think I made you guys very sad about Brazil, you know.
0: No, no <laughs> I never see you guys Brazil, so humidity. quiet about Yeah.
2: Ah. <laughs> Uh, yeah sure but anyways because uh, I listen to you guys recording and I never I never listen to so, I never hear so many pause <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: uh, do we have anything else to talk about about the movie or should we take a break and well, come back and do
1: we talked very little <laughs> about haven't... the movie but I yeah, do I think we should take a break and uh, come back and talk about some lessons that we haven't already talked about yet yes
0: yeah. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay. All right,
1: well, we're back after some difficulty on my end. Not sure what happened.
0: <laughs> hmm little bit of technical problems uh it's uh, it's a rite of passage yep um all right well what lessons
1: can we learn from city of god what lessons can't we learn from city of god i think we've already actually covered most of them inadvertently
0: yeah i think so
1: well let's let's recap uh let's see uh there's a vicious cycle of poverty in pretty much every country yep uh getting out takes a lot of luck uh and hard work like it's it's a combo it's not just hard work it's hard work and luck which you need to make it in the first place no matter where you're from usually even if the luck is who you know but right especially when it's getting out of a a cycle that is stacked
0: against you just right and making making it could mean different things whether that means making it as a leader of your community or a lead, a leader of a gang or getting actually out of your bad situation mhm so there are different levels of making it
1: so I'm sorry I'm still a little depressed from our conversation <laughs> a little shell shocked I guess um
2: I don't think I need to say lessons I've learned with Seeds of God. I'm still Brazilian. Just reinforce that uh, I know how much racist Brazil is. Now is I even I mean,
0: worse. what, what <laughs> lessons could one t- take from this movie is what we're. It's basically what we're trying to get at. Not necessarily something you learned, but something that you can say, oh, well, this is the lesson this movie is trying to, t- to teach us. And if you and if you have a particularly specific perspective on that, then that's that's great.
2: Mm-hmm. I uh, I pretty much don't see a *City of God* as a movie that gives us a lesson or like a motivation for life or anything. It's more something to literally, if if this is what I learn, it's that punch in our face, especially. Uh, me in in this case that i'm very privileged so to understand that the reality of of other people it's not my reality that i cannot trust like just what is on television and also that i cannot judge everybody that comes from the favela as a a bad person just because they live there um most of I, i think that most of the 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 movie for me the lesson that I learned, it's more political, it's more sociological. It's more about anthropology and sociology and political because we can see clearly that if you don't give options, if you don't give perspectives, if you don't give expectation to the people, how do you expect them to retribute something to the society? If on, the only option that they have is is, is that one. Uh, even when yeah. we watch like these American action movies, uh, and there is like a, I don't know, a zombie apocalypse, the first thing that the people do, what they go to the supermarket to steal food. So when people that have no resources, how do you expect them that they're going to be uh, entrepreneurs, that they are going to try to... Uh, go to a school, to uh, achieve a university, to a, a better life. If they don't even have food.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that comes up too is, what's the point? Uh, like at the at the end. So we didn't talk about what the how the how the movie ended, and the movie ends with Rocket or his uh, Brazilian equivalent, his Portuguese equivalent name, <laughs> yeah. getting uh Getting in the middle of this thing. This is where the movie started, where he's running out into the middle of the street with his camera, and the police are on one side, and the gangs are on the other side, pointing guns. This is like when when they're chasing the chicken, Uh, and then you see all these characters who we now know and we know intimately their backstories, pointing weapons at each other, and then the police run away. You know, the police get back in their van and take off, and you, you know, you don't really, as much as we know, it's there's corruption going on. We don't know the the extent of it yet. Until he follows the uh, the arrest of, of little Z with uh, with his camera, and he takes these pictures of them taking the handcuffs off of him once they get him to the station, and him like getting these briefcases of money, and you see the you see the you actually see firsthand the corruption, and so does he, and he gets photographs of it, so he gets this photographic evidence of that happening, and then they come in and shoot. Uh, who Who's the characters that come in and shoot um, Z the at Runt. that point? The Runts. <laughs> right, right. That, I could the not Runt. remember their names. <laughs> yeah, the Runts. The Runts come in and shoot him. And then, the, again, just perpetuating this cycle of the next group is taking over. Chuck?
1: No, well, no, I was just going to say it's funny that they're called the Runts because Maya was saying that Lil Z's name in Portuguese is a kind of candy. <laughs> and... <laughs> Runts are a Wonka yeah. candy. Um That's true. But no, I was I was gonna say like I forgot in
2: Portuguese it, the runs.
1: Hmm.
2: I forgot in Portuguese the name of them, but they have a name like as a gang as well.
1: <laughs> um I was gonna say like I said before, uh how knockout Ned's storyline eventually becomes like sort of the epitome of the the themes of the movie um, it, he, like his story really shows how, how violence really just begets violence because he, he only gets in on becoming violent to, to get revenge when, when little Z wrongs him in a very horrific way um, <clears throat> but then he stays in and continues to get more violent until you find out later he kills someone he didn't really well you see him kill someone that he didn't really need to uh when they're robbing a bank right just a security guard who didn't need to die but he he shot him anyway and then in the end that guy's son comes back and kills knockout Ned. No.
0: Right. And now uh, this is a really interesting way they use that where the, you see the succession of all these people join like you see the growth, the growth on either side it's like Gangs of New York like you see these the growth on this side and this side getting more of the little kids coming and saying this person uh, owes my sister money I want to get him back like I, they hand him a gun and then somebody goes to the other side and says uh, "This, I want get, to get back the person who murdered my father and they hand him a gun. Turns out to be He's joining, you know, the gang of the guy who 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 murdered his father. Yeah, and he knows that it's he finds out at the end it's this guy. So while with his dying breath, he picks up a gun and shoots uh, Knockout Ned that right right there, getting him back, even while Knockout Ned is trying to save him and help him. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and that really kind of I like that shift in perspective where you see that happen. Yep. Um, um, but what I was what I was getting at there at the end where was like what's the point of getting rid of it, start, it starts to seem like pointless to try to get rid of crime because the next generation is going to take over for it and just perpetuate the same cycle that has been going on and the police are still corrupt and they're the criminals too so if the police are the criminals and they're just picking sides at whoever can pay them off then is there really a way to do the right thing and get out and you know there's no and then one one of the characters at one point says honesty doesn't pay. And I mean <laughs> Yeah. They just kinda show you that at the end.
1: Yeah. And also I mean, when you when you were good enough at crime, you get power, so getting rid of that person just leaves leaves a a, a void, yeah. a power gap. Yeah. So you know, someone's just gonna fill that yeah. void. Um, I did think there it is was very, really funny. There was other... Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think it's very funny that the arms dealer, they call Uncle Sam, I don't know, just as an American, that made me laugh.
0: Yeah, I'm, I I would imagine there are some uh, references to the U.S. arming Latin American countries to fight their drug wars and everything else, and then that leading to all, this, all these power vacuums as well. Yep.
2: Yeah, Wolverine the drugs the also that doses that the, the 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 paper with the drugs that they give is called dollar. Hmm. When you have an amount of coke, you no, know, it's a dollar. So
0: hmm. it's called a dollar, like that amount, the yeah. amount, like a dime bag. In Rio,
2: in Rio, in Rio, in São Paulo, it's pino, hmm. like pine, but there they call because mm-hmm. it comes in the paper, you no, know? so it's dollar. Hmm.
0: I know, just I'm jumping around a little bit because we didn't get to everything here. But I, there was a point where the group was walking through the streets.
2: Uh, the group with Lil
0: Z was walking through this. Huh?
2: The group that killed him. Uh, who? The Runt. Uh,
1: Lil Z, the Runt. Mm?
0: No, no, no. The group. The uh, group was walking through the streets with with Lil Z before he goes to um, knock out Ned's place. Um.
2: Trio ternura. In Portuguese, a trio ternura. Let me check here the name. I don't know. Well, but I
0: know that, not, that in doesn't, Portuguese doesn't relate is at all to, to what I'm, <laughs> that doesn't at all relate to what I'm it's saying. the first one, right? A, no, no, I'm just trying okay. to make a point. Um, okay. <laughs> that, the, the large group of people that was walking through the streets with Lil Z, um, the, like the very big group where the kid comes out and then he ends up stabbing Lil Z and then they all shoot him down, like, it's like it's funny to see like that that giant group of people who thinks that they're you know badass and they think that they're the tough guys because they're traveling with the biggest gangster in town. They travel in this giant group with guns, and they shoot seventy five rounds of bullets at a, a kid with a knife who stabbed a, stabbed their leader in the arm. You know what I mean? Like, and that is their version of we're the big guys like we're they think they're macho but really they're just cowards you know yeah
2: you have the gun you have the power
0: and they proved it But mm-hmm. <laughs> then they you know everybody who has a gun ends up ends up getting a gun pointed at them in the, in the end so i mean
1: yeah well it's Live by the gun, die by the gun. Right?
0: Yeah, and then they very much (laughs) that that very much happens in this movie. Nobody makes it out alive in this one, except for Roadrunner. Except for Rocket. Yeah, the Roadrunner. So. Yeah, live by the gun, die by the gun. That's the lesson. (laughs) I mean, it's one of them for sure. It's one of many in this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, unless you're lucky.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that the lesson is just. Get lucky. <laughs> did you did you uh, have anything else? I don't. Maya.
2: Me no.
1: Okay.
0: Um,
1: I have no fun part questions for this. There there there's nothing fun.
0: Neither, <laughs> uh, and we can we'll, we'll save the uh, we'll save the AMA questions for the next episode.
1: Uh, yeah, I saw the questions. I think it's best to uh, save it for something yeah. a little lighter.
0: Again, once again, if you've made it this far, uh, congratulations and thank you. Um, Yeah, we'll probably get this uh, one
1: down to like 120. Yeah,
0: 120, 130, maybe. Yeah, we've been. I mean, that's that's pretty much standard at this point. (laughs) Almost standard at this point for like the more involved episodes. We've been doing 90 minutes. So, Mm -hmm. Um, but still, any episode that somebody listens to the to the full episode of, I thank you for. For sticking around. I thank them Um, for
1: listening to any of it, even the one who never finished the Eternal Sunshine episode and still has yet to throw something at me because Mm -hmm. she never got to that point.
2: It's me.
0: Well, (laughs) she's definitely not going to get to this point in this episode if she didn't listen to that one. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can get us on the gmails at imitatingart1 at gmail.com, right? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay I always have to I never do the email part so I don't remember uh, yeah. I always want to say you can also get us on the social media at uh, imitating art pod mostly on Instagram that's where we'll post most of our uh, information
1: yeah I try I try to post things to Twitter but I, I don't know I don't know how to do the tweet thing and have it be yeah. entertaining um, yeah. yeah but you can hit me up on any of the socials pretty much at big F and moose. Spub, like it sounds. And,
0: and I'm at Don't Worry, I'm Finite, which is also where you can find my uh, YouTube channel and my link uh, in the bio. And Maya, where can we find you on the interwebs if anybody wants to get in touch?
1: If you want, you don't if
0: have to. If you'd like to share it.
2: Don't touch me. Don't, <laughs> no, kidding. Uh, wow, we are going to release the film me? strip. So, yeah, don't touch me. It's okay. Don't talk to me. It's I don't very. Don't talk to anyone. No, bold. I'm kidding. All right, fair enough. Uh, just talk to the. Um, Ah, uh, the link will be in the description for the film strip.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Actually, I do, want, <laughs> I do want to promote that really quickly if uh, if you're still listening, that uh, Maya is doing a podcast with our friend Lauren as well, which is also about movies. Uh, actually, you know, what? you know what? I just had a second thought. We shouldn't promote that other one because we want you to keep listening to this one. Just kidding. Not until um, they have no, one or uh... both of us as a guest. <laughs> Um, no, we. They, she is doing a uh, a movie uh, video um, show with our friend Lauren called The Films Trip. Uh, you can figure out how to spell that later. Um, it's spelled the same way, but the spaces are in different places. I figured it uh, out. You enunciated it correctly, I think. Look at that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think if you search for that on, on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, it will be coming up. Uh, soon, and we'll we'll post it on our Instagram when they have some uh, some information up. So thank you, Maya, for joining us. I appreciate all of the the insight and the perspective you have. We wouldn't have had any of that uh, that information otherwise. Like this movie did a great job at painting a certain picture, but we really didn't have a uh, perspective otherwise, uh, other than the American perspective. So thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you very much, Maya.
2: Thanks for inviting me, guys, for this monocast, because I've been talking all the time, <laughs> so, oh, uh, the nervous laugh again. <laughs> she,
0: she just, she's you, you just, you just came here to prove what everybody else already knew, is that we don't really have anything interesting to say, mm-hmm. so <laughs> we, let the, we, we, let, we let the most interesting person on the show do the talking. I already knew that about um, myself. We talked about that in the Eternal Sunshine episode. That's true, we did. But thanks for sticking around, everybody, once again. And uh, it's been actual. It's
1: It's been real. It's been too real.
0: All right. Thanks, Maya. <laughs> and we will see you in the next one. Yep. Bye. Thank you, bye. <laughs> How do you turn this off?
2: Don and Chuck will return in Imitating Art with Don and Chuck.